Well, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Awesome. We're glad that you are with us online and in person, looking at all these wonderful people here. Uh, we're so glad that you are with us, and we are just blessed and excited about what God has been doing and what he's going to do uh, as we look at the revival, which is right here, right now. You know, uh, we're actually working right now because we're going to be coming into the homes of people virtually over six nights. And uh, so we're excited about the seven by seven citywide revival. So as you well know, City on a Hill Church, we on Friday, we will be doing a pop-up revival in the park Friday the 25th. Uh, we're going to have uh, free pizza. There's going to be snow cones. There's going to be um, a, a bike giveaway. And most importantly, we're going to preach the love of Jesus and communicate the love of Jesus. And what I'm excited about is everybody who is coming to the September 19th kickoff, which is actually the evangelism seminar, uh, many of us will be going into the streets on Wednesday and Thursday, reaching out and making a difference. And then Saturday morning is also CareFest, which is the 26th. And we have, amen. And uh, we have 150 City on a Hillers going out into the community to do good. We're partnering with New Philadelphia as a part of the 7 by 7 revival. And, uh, and as a part of that, we are also um, feeding, we are going to be able to feed almost 200 families groceries. And so uh, they're going to swing by and we're going to be loading them right in their car. Reggie, I'm just a little hot. I need you to turn me down just a little bit because uh, I hear just a, a hum there. Um, and so it's important. That we, um, that we know what we're doing. We're going to be doing so much good in the community. We're going to be painting the fence of a girl for homes, uh, a home for girls. We're going to be at the Daystar. We're going to be at uh, St. Pete uh, Free Clinic. We're going to be in so many different places, in community gardens. I mean, you name it, we're going to be there. But we're also going to be there just like right now, virtually, Monday night, Tuesday night, Tonight, Wednesday night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're going to be really digging in and bringing the message of the good news of Jesus throughout that time. I know that Pastor Clark Hazley on Thursday is going to be at Campbell Park doing a big grocery giveaway, feeding another couple hundred people. So uh, we're trying to get the word out virtually. And we're also getting the word out with boots on the ground right here in our city in the seven most intense areas in our city that need the most love and grace. Don't forget Friday night, we're also partnering with Not My Son that's going to seeks to reduce gun violence in our city and also build a relationship between law enforcement and the community. So we have just found a way to make this a win. We, we know last week we talked about whether it be an interruption or an opportunity. We just turned it into an opportunity. And so now we're doing more than we thought we were going to do with just the revival. Now we're doing the revival virtually and we're going after it in so many different ways. So we're just glad that you're tuning in uh, live with us right now. We're also glad that you are here live in our sanctuary. Uh, as we continue to dig through, I really believe that this is our chance for the church to serve 
and love our community. This is our chance right now. If you think about this, this is what I get excited about. I get excited about the fact that this, you know they say this kind of thing only happens every hundred years. Well, to me, this means that we get a chance to be a part of a hundred year miracle. Never has there been an opportunity in a century where we get a chance to step up and step out and shine the love of Jesus in our community in real ways right here right now so we can look at it and we can be sad about covid and social injustice and all those things or we can see them as a ministry opportunity an interruption or an opportunity and take advantage of those opportunities like jesus did the coolest thing about what we're seeing is we don't need airfare or luggage we're here right now st pete we're here right now whatever city you're in whatever place you're in we have people watching from around the world we even have a brother from africa that watches us so wherever whatever country whatever continent you're on wherever you're at now is the time you don't need luggage or airfare you don't have to come to st pete to do what god's doing you can do it in Clearwater. you can do it wherever you find yourself but here's what i know the greatest ministry opportunities that we ever have are right here, right now, in our homes, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, in our communities, right here, right now. Yes, these are our opportunities. So we've renamed September Serve-tember. It's Serve-tember. And so the exciting thing about that is we have all been called to go and preach the gospel. I don't know if you noticed my shirt. It just says, be careful. I may start talking about Jesus at any time. And the fact of the matter is that's what we should be doing at any time. And we're going to have these opportunities, whether it be in person or online, we have a chance to talk about Jesus and make much about Jesus. Yes, we're dealing with COVID. Yes, we're dealing with people who can't come out of their homes. Yes, we're dealing with violence. Yes, we're dealing with police brutality. Yes, we're dealing with civil unrest. Yes, there's racial and political divisions. I see all of that as an opportunity to be hope dealers, to deal hope in our community and to preach Jesus. You see, here's what I know. Jesus responded to the most vulnerable in society even when it made others uncomfortable. And that's what I want you to see today. What I want you to see today is that Jesus responded to the most vulnerable. Today, you may be watching. You may not have been able to come outside of your home because you're one of the vulnerable. Let me know. Let me let you know Jesus cares about you. And so do we. Everybody in this room, we are one. We are together. One church body, whether we're sitting in this place or whether uh, you're sitting there in your home, in your jammies, or whether you're sitting there at your workplace, uh, if you're driving, don't look at the screen, just listen. <laughs> but most importantly, here's the unique thing. People get uncomfortable when the vulnerable start speaking up. Is that not true? It's true. When people start speaking up, all of a sudden people get uncomfortable. But I got to tell you, our faith needs to make us uncomfortable. We can't get comfortable with the things that are happening. We need to stay and remain uncomfortable. And so today's lesson comes from uh, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 46 through, 40, uh, 46 through 52. And it says, And they came to Jericho. 
And he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, speaking of Jesus, and a great crowd. Now get this, Jesus is there, he's walking, and there's a great crowd. Not just his followers, but there's a crowd. Let me tell you something, I want to change the crowd into followers. But it takes a crowd to get a crowd. So I'll see you Friday night and Saturday night, because it takes a crowd to get a crowd. Notice it said Jesus and his followers and a great crowd was with them. We need to be out there. We need to be making much about Jesus. And so here we go. Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You know what this revival is all about? You know what CareFest is all about? It's all about bringing Jesus to the streets where people can see Jesus, experience Jesus, and begin to cry out to Jesus, have mercy on me. This is what's happening. But look at what happens. Listen to what happens. This blows my mind. And many rebuked him. This man's crying out to God for help. And many rebuked him, telling him, you be silent, you shut up. But he cried out all the more. He was not going to shut up. Listen, he had one shot at Jesus. He wasn't missing his shot at Jesus. And I hope this morning that you know. I hope this evening that you know. I hope tomorrow that you know. I hope tonight that you know that you don't miss your opportunity and don't let anybody hush you from crying out to Jesus. And look at what happened. And Jesus stopped. Everybody say, Jesus stopped. Now say it one more time with conviction. Jesus stopped. Look what happened. It cried out and what happened? Jesus stopped right there. Jesus stopped and said, call him. I love that. These other people are like, hey, shut up. Jesus ain't got time for you. Hey, shut up. Shh. Hey, don't bother the master. Don't bother him. And Jesus said, no, no, no. Hold on. I hear somebody calling me in faith. Bring him to me. Right? And then they called the blind man saying to him, take heart. Look, all of a sudden they changed their attitude. It changed their attitude. All of a sudden, he's their best friend. Oh, this is my best friend, Bartimaeus, Jesus. <laughs> Trying to post up with him, right? He said, take heart, get up. He's calling you. Come on, man. You know what's going to happen at the revival? You know what's happening right now live on Facebook? You know what's happening right now in this, in this city and right now in this sanctuary? Jesus is, is calling you. And somebody's saying, get up. He's calling you. He's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up. Everybody say, sprang up. And he came to Jesus. This man was waiting. He was crying out. He was anxious. He was desiring. He was in need of Jesus. And when he heard Jesus wanted him, he threw off his cloak. He's like, I got to get to Jesus. Get out of my way. Right? He gets to Jesus. And he came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Now listen to this. Here's a blind man. A blind man. But Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? You see, some of us are blind and you want to stay blind. Some of us are blind and you want to stay blind. So Jesus wanted to make sure that he knew what you wanted. I'm going to let that set for just a second. Let it sink into your heart. What do you want from me? 
And the blind man said, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. He said, I want to see. I want to see. Jesus wants to make sure that that's what you want. You want to be saved? Jesus is asking you right now, what do you want from me? I want to be saved. I want to be delivered from alcohol. I want to be delivered from drugs. I need my marriage to be healed. I need me to be changed on the inside so I can see it on the outside. Jesus, I'm coming to you. I have an ailment that is obvious, but you're asking me, what do I I want and I'm telling you I want to be free see this is what has to happen here church and Jesus said to him go your way your faith has made you well and immediately everybody say immediately, immediately. he recovered his sight and followed him on the way I love the fact that this is what it says it said he recovered his sight and then what did he do he followed him did you see what happened there? Jesus did exactly what Jesus said he would do, and the man followed him. Don't walk away from this meeting. Don't walk away from this meeting after Jesus has done exactly what you asked him to do and follow your own way. You have to follow him. Notice he said, he said, go your way, and your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. He's like, now, your way, Jesus, is my way, and if I'm going to go your way, I'm going my way with you he wasn't trying to sing I did it my way now how do we serve the hurting how do we serve them you know how we serve them the first way we serve them is we recognize it only takes one person everybody say one person to change the dynamic of a conversation or interaction it only takes one of us one of us one of us to change the dynamic of a conversation and an interaction. You see, the, 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 the communities that we go to during the citywide revival, seven by seven, it's been happening for a decade or more. When we go into those communities, those are the areas that, are, that, that have the highest crime and the struggle, and those are the areas that, that people avoid. But no, we go where the need is. We go into the place, and, and we know that one person can change the conversation and an interaction. All it takes is one person. And as those people were rebuking him and, and telling him to be quiet, uh, and, and he was crying out for having mercy, right? What happened? He cries out and Jesus changes everybody's perception of the blind man. Jesus, Jesus all of a sudden lets him see Bartimaeus is important. Bart the, the, the prostitute is important. The drug addict is important. The alcoholic is important. The rich man who's dying right now who wants to kill himself even though he has all the money, he has everything that he thinks that he possibly could need and he wants to put a gun in his mouth or he wants to take pills or jump off the bridge or hang himself. Jesus says that he is important. And more than likely, mostly, when we see someone suffering or poor, we need to get uncomfortable. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, if we're just being honest, there's times that we get uncomfortable. There are times when you see somebody who's poor or broken and you get uncomfortable. Oh, they might want something from me. They might want something from me. Well, you have Jesus and you got a little extra Help somebody. Help somebody. Right? 
These people, the people hear him calling out to Jesus and it made them uncomfortable. So you know what they said? Shut up! And that's, that's what's happening in the church. Not just in, in just one church, but the church around. People in our city in St. Petersburg are crying out. And we're saying, shut up. We're trying to worship Jesus over here. We're trying to worship Jesus. I'm trying to get my worship on in my car. I'm going to turn up my worship so I can't hear your cries. Come on, church. It's time that we don't, we don't try and shut people up and we shut people out. We have to be careful not to keep people from crying out to God. We can't shut them up, we can't shut them off, and we can't shut them out from getting to God. Whether it's intentional or unintentional, you and I have got to change our way. And there's a person, his name is Jesus, that has changed the dynamic of the conversation and interaction. And now you can't look at the poor. You can't look at the prostitute. You can't look at the drug addict. You can't look at those people as, as not important any longer because if you did you would have done that to me uh, just a few decades ago you would have ignored me because I lived in I lived in a place that nobody wanted to go to and I was the guy slinging the dope so you would decide that I'm not worthy of Jesus thanks be to God thanks be to God that he changed the conversation and now he's put me in a place where you better be careful I might start talking about Jesus at any time because I believe that he still saves, he still heals, and he still delivers. It only takes one person to change the conversation or the interaction. Maybe you're the new, maybe you see the new kid at school, students. Maybe you see the new kid who's eating by himself. It only takes one person to go over and sit next to that person. And next thing you know, everybody's sitting with that person. Maybe it's the new person in the neighborhood. Maybe you uh, hook up some cookies and take them over and let them know they're welcome to the neighborhood. Maybe it's the new person at your job. Maybe it's the new person in your church. How many times after church, the only people we talk to are the same people in the church and nobody else. And the visitors just stand there looking like what am I supposed to do we're over here talking about ourselves and missing the opportunity for the people sitting right in front of us and right around us that God has brought to our footstep and we're not even having a conversation with them because we're too busy talking to ourselves hey shut up I'm trying to talk to my friend and they're crying out for interaction why do you think God brought them here they need a family they need to be adopted into God's family Somebody needs to be sensitive, but it only takes one person to change the dynamic of a conversation and an interaction. We got to push through the uncomfortable to reach the vulnerable. Jesus was the one person in this story, and he's the person in your story and my story, and we're supposed to model our lives after Jesus. We can't help it. The second thing I want you to see is the vulnerable are overwhelmed by isolation and loneliness. You heard the story. You heard the story. Everyone needs to belong and be accepted. What happens? Here's blind Bartimaeus. He's on the side of the road. He's left there. He is lonely and isolated. He hears people going to work. He wishes he could go to work, but he can't. He can't go to work. 
There are people right now, listen to me, you wish you could come to church, and you can't because you're vulnerable, but you're not forgotten. We love you. That's why we're going through this right now. That's why we're doing all of this. That's why we're broadcasting live, because you matter to God. You matter to God so much that we're willing to break through that isolation and that loneliness to let you know that you belong and you are accepted. But you want to know the kicker to the story? Some people don't know the kicker to the story. You know the reason that, 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 that Bartimaeus is there? More than likely, Bartimaeus is a person of faith. You say, how do you think that? Well, he heard of Jesus of Nazareth, and he started calling out to him immediately, didn't he? He heard about Jesus, and, and, and others don't know that, that they mentioned the son of Timaeus. Why would they mention Timaeus in this story? Because it's believed to, that Timaeus was a well-known believer in the surrounding area. He was a well-known believer in that surrounding area. So, so, so Bartimaeus' blindness caused him to be isolated and to have a deep sense of loneliness. But he knew only Jesus could fill that void. Only Jesus could do something. So he was left sitting on the roadside while everybody else went on about their daily lives. There are people who are suffering right now with depression. Suicide has gone through the roof during this COVID. There are people who are just broken inside that are begging for any kind of interaction. It's affected so many people. No human touch. There's a struggle. Call somebody. Reach out to somebody. Show somebody love during this time. We all have a deep, intrinsic need to belong and to be accepted. Every single one of us. We have a deep, intrinsic need. Hear me today, don't miss this. I can accept you, but I don't have to approve of your behavior. See, we've been taught something wrong. I can accept you and love you right where you're at. That doesn't mean I have to approve of your behavior. That's the Holy Spirit's job. He does that business. My job is to love you and accept you. That, that doesn't mean I have to approve of you. And, and here's the question that I have for you. Can you do the same for me? I can love you and not agree with you. I can love you and not agree with you. I don't have to agree with you to love you. I don't have to. The question is, can you do the same? Do you have to agree with me in order to love me? See, these are the questions that come into our hearts. These are the questions that come into our minds. It's our job to love people, to be compassionate, kind, and model the love of Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit's job to sanctify people. It's not my job. Listen, I'm not perfect. I'm being perfected. And that's a work of the Holy Spirit. So I'll win you to Christ. And then when somebody uh, in the church comes and says, we don't want those kind of people here, I say, then you don't want me here then. Because I'm those kind of people. Those kind of people are my people. So if you don't want them here, obviously you don't want me here. So who's going to preach? Because I know it ain't you. And if it is, you're going to be preaching something that ain't nobody want to hear. Am I telling the truth? Come on, somebody call my mama. Tell her I'm preaching. So what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us? You know what that means? That means number three, we got to get involved. Everybody say get involved. 
We got to get involved, help those crying out for help and be a part of their healing. What I love is as soon as Jesus changed the dynamic of what was happening, all of a sudden everybody wants to help Bartimaeus. All of a sudden Bartimaeus didn't need a cane anymore. He's got everybody ushering him right to Jesus. Right? And that's what you and I need to do. We got to get involved when you hear people crying out. You know why we're going to uh, on Friday night? We're going to be out there for not my son because there are many sons and daughters who are being killed by gun violence right now, and somebody's got to get them to Jesus. There are parents that are grieving who have lost family members. There are brothers and sisters and grandmothers and grandfathers who are grieving because they've lost children to gun violence. And it's time for us to step up and make a difference. So how better than to reach the next generation, the come up generation by a pop-up revival. We're going to be out there making much about Jesus. And then what happens after that? There are hungry people. There are mamas that can't. They have to put their kids to bed hungry in St. Petersburg in the United States of America. That doesn't make any sense to me. So you know what's going to happen. They ain't going to put their babies uh, to, to, bed, to, to bed hungry on Saturday because there's going to be two boxes of food in their trunk that they'll be taken care of. We got to be a part. Did you notice right away? They're like, take heart. He's heard you. And then they brought him right in front of Jesus. I love how people's attitude changes. And that's what I believe people's attitudes are going to change about street evangelism. I told you as your pastor, I am praying. I am praying that we are sold out for the servant evangelism training on Saturday we got 14 people right now that means there's 36 slots available and I'm praying that we're sold out that day sold out I want us to be sold out because then I, I know that we are s-o-u-l-e-d sold out to Jesus because we need to care and if you can't come on those nights it doesn't mean you can't come and get the training that you need to reach people and you're going to see that we're putting those things to work immediately during this whole revival the virtual revival and throughout every monday night tuesday night wednesday night thursday night friday night saturday night we're going to be putting everything we learn into practice take heart jesus has heard you, you know that's what we're doing when you go out with the pop-up revival, when you're talking about the virtual revival, you're saying, hey, take heart, Jesus heard you. Hey, take heart, Child's Park, Jesus heard you. Hey, take heart, Perkins, Jesus heard you. Hey, take heart, Harbordale, Jesus heard you. And he sent us. Also, you better give me a louder amen than that on that. Amen. Come on now. For a minute, I thought it was me. I'm putting up 10 tents all of a sudden. I'm out there worship leading and i'm like oh look at me i'm leading the game oh look i'm giving out groceries no i you better uh, listen i'm gonna see you i'm gonna knock on your door you know how i always say i didn't knock on your door i will i'll be like get up get out your jammies you're going with you going with me we're going to be a part of so many people's healing People are crying out for hope and help. They're crying out for hope and help. Will we let them be silent? No way. We can't. 
They need Jesus. Oh, sure, it's more comfortable in our church. Of course it's more comfortable. It's air-conditioned. It might not rain. And if it does rain, we can still have church. It's uncomfortable. There are going to be people who walk up that don't, that, that it maybe are inebriated. There's going to be some people walking up that maybe just came from a place they shouldn't have came from. Or maybe they're on their way to a place they shouldn't have been to. And then they come upon us. We need to let St. Petersburg know, guess what? Jesus has heard you and we're coming to your neighborhood. We're coming to your neighborhood and we're coming real soon. It's not just a revival or care fest. It's a revival of our souls, of all the church, not just City on a Hill Church, but every church, every person that's listening. If you're a part of the church, be the catalyst for the evangelism in your church. People are crying out in your schools. People are crying out in your neighborhoods, your workplaces, your homes, and we can be a part of the healing. Don't you want to stand before Jesus when it's all said and done and say, man, I poured myself out like a drink offering. Don't you want to stand there in front of Jesus and say, Jesus, I didn't shut up one minute and I didn't shut anybody up and I didn't shut anybody out. I preached your name unashamedly in front of anybody and everybody. Don't you want to do that? You got to get involved. You can't wait. You can't wait right now. Think about it. You can write three people down right now that you can invite. You can invite to the very next service. You can write three people down. You can write three people to invite you to be a part of an evangelism team. You can write three people down that you can invite to watch service with you. You can have that over your house cook dinner and then let them watch the service with you you can invite people to serve you at not my son rally or at child's park grocery giveaway or saturday morning grocery giveaway or care fest you can invite people to be a part but you know what that means you got to do you got to get uncomfortable because how many people know it's not comfortable inviting people to church it's not comfortable because you might get rejected it's not comfortable asking people to come and serve. But you're doing it. You're not asking them to do something that you're not doing. Hey, man, there's a grocery giveaway. I want you to go down there and serve groceries, but I won't be there. Hey, why don't you go to church? I won't be there, but you should go. It's pretty cool. Not for me, but for you. You got to go. You got to get uncomfortable, but listen to this. Before we get uncomfortable for others, we got to get uncomfortable with ourselves. You see, the cross of Christ makes us recognize how much we need Jesus. The cross of Christ is where the justice of God met the grace of God and the rightful wrath of God is satisfied and objects of wrath become objects of affection. You got to realize that justice was served on your behalf and the grace of God is available for you yes you sinned and you know what the first fruit of belief is it's what repentance I agree with you God I need you more than I need anything I agree with you God I need and that's when you recognize that the justice of God and the grace of God were met at the cross of Christ and an object of wrath that was you is now an object of affection you got to get uncomfortable with your sin you got to get uncomfortable with your lifestyle you got to get uncomfortable and ask God to change your life 
The Bible says that if you believe in Jesus Christ, you believe that he is the perfect lamb of God, that he died on a cross for your sin, that God raised him back to life, and that he is preparing a place for you. And one day, this same Jesus, if you haven't read Acts, you should read Acts. And man, we're getting ready to start a Bible study in Acts in two weeks. Uh, and it says this same Jesus whom you stare at as you saw go, it will come back in the same way that you saw him depart. If you believe that he's coming, then God will adopt you into his very own family. God already signed the adoption papers. It's time for you to sign the adoption papers. God has already chosen you. Now you have to choose him to be your father. You get to choose. The first step of the journey is to get uncomfortable. Become un uncomfortable and become vulnerable. You have to be vulnerable if you're going to minister to the vulnerable. And the vulnerability of saying, God, I'm a sinner. I have sinned against you. Against you and you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. And I can't pay for I can't do enough good to pay it back. I can't do it on my own. But your son took my place. Amen. And I'm vulnerable enough to say I need you, Jesus. Then we confess our sins. We ask God to forgive. And we say, God, I need you to apply the life of your son, Jesus, his perfect life, his perfect sacrifice. I need you to apply that to my life. Jesus defeated Satan's sin and death for each and every one of us. There's no reason for us to fear any longer. But we have to receive the Holy Spirit. We have to recognize that we won't be perfect, but we're being perfected. Blind Bartimaeus cried out to Jesus, and Jesus heard him. Today, you need to cry out to Jesus in this sanctuary. Today, if you're watching me right now, you need to cry out to Jesus. Son of David, have mercy on me and i'm here to tell you right here live and right here on camera child your cries have awoken the master take heart jesus has heard you and you know what's more exciting about that is i got a chance to be a part of bringing you to jesus i got a chance to bring you right in front of him and now do you know what jesus is asking all of us you and everybody else you know what he's asking what do you want from me what do you want me to do for you and our response is father i need you to take away my sin i need you to make me whole i need you to heal me deliver me change me that's what i want and i will follow you Will you bow your heads with me today? Father, in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, right now, there are people watching. And you are there. Right now in this sanctuary, there are people that need you. And they hear you say, what do you want me to do for you? And right now, Wherever you are, whether you're listening, whether you're watching online, whether you're listening, or whether you're in this sanctuary, you can say, Jesus, I want you to save me. 
Jesus, I want you to change me. You can simply pray. You can just say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on a cross for my sin. I believe that Father God raised you back to life. And I believe that you're preparing a place called heaven for me. I believe that one day you're going to take me that I may be where you are forever. But until that time, I ask you to send the Holy Spirit to live in me and to work through me. I know that I cannot be perfect, but I am being perfected. And so I choose to put all of my hope, all of my trust, and all of my faith in you. It is in Jesus' name that I pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Now, can you give the Lord your best praise this morning? If you said that prayer here, or if you said that prayer for those of you watching today, welcome to the 